his fellow classic TV fans, John Davey is the perfect example of a heavyweight contender. Not only was he Joe Frazier's actual sparring partner, but he's also gone rounds in a very different sort of boxing ring known as Hollywood. As a character actor, John has worked on many classic TV series alongside some iconic names, as you will hear. But perhaps most prominently, he took over the starring role of superhero Captain Marvel, replacing Jackson Bostwick on the hit Saturday morning live-action TV series, Shazam. We discuss his co-star and personal friend of many years, Michael Gray, and the experience of working with the legendary Les Tremaine. As you will hear, John is a total joy to speak with, and his new novel, A Brotherhood of Broken Noses, is on its way. Now that's sure to be a great read. Enjoy my conversation with this true superhero, Mr. John Davey from Shazam. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, the legendary John Davey. John, how are you? I'm fine, Pat. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing just wonderful. We were talking briefly before we got started here, and it seems to be the recurring theme with my last few podcast interviews, uh, our mutual love for cats. And yesterday I spent three hours in the waiting room of a pet hospital because our poor kitty had something wrong with her. We thought she got stung by a bee in the mouth. Oh, but uh, what they didn't tell me when we brought her in that was what they were telling once I overheard them on the phone. Well, there's a 10-hour wait, so you might want to just drop the animal off. <laughs> what? <laughs> did, they tell that, did they tell you that before or after? <laughs> they didn't tell me that at all, John. Oh. Yeah. So two and a half hours in, I was like, can I get an update? Oh, we'll have one for you this evening. <laughs> <laughs> And it, was, and it was pretty lush by then, huh? Yes. So that was my Labor Day. But fortunately, she came home and, and uh, seems to be okay. Oh, well. What are you going to do? They're family. Happy ending anyway. Yes, absolutely. And that what was so great uh, was meeting you and your lovely wife, Linda, a couple weeks back at the uh, San Jose Toy Expo. And it was just, it was great. You know, you and you and that other guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, Millie Batson, that guy? Sure, sure. Michael, Michael Gray. Or we could call him, yes, TV's Michael Gray. Yes. We could. Yeah, TV's Michael Gray. <laughs> and it was just, it was so neat. You know, him and I had not met in person yet, but we'd done multiple interviews and have mutual friends. And I came up and talked to him, and out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Captain Marvel. Oh, man. <laughs> you had the guts to go, who the hell are you anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's swelling a little bit here, so <clears throat> don't mind me. <laughs> well, again, that's why we just do phone interviews, John, so nobody actually <laughs> sees that. <laughs> they might be able to tell that, but no. Listen, that's the thing that I uh, that struck me the most about you and, and has about Michael is just how down to earth and what wonderful, warm people you are. Um of course, your wife helped, too, because she was like... Oh, oh, she does, yeah. She keeps me in line. <laughs> Welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of line again, Pat. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was so neat to see you guys together. And it, I just wanted to say that line, I've heard that line. It was recently in one of these Shazam movies about you, John. And what was it? What was it? 
You're the best, Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard I heard that 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 line is getting to be pretty popular. Absolutely, and I mean it literally in this case. Oh, thank you. There was a choice, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think with you ending up in that role, it made the show far better. My opinion. Well. I have to honor your opinions. <laughs> well, it's true. I, I mean, again, that, that that old switcheroo thing and all the quote-unquote drama that went around it, I just think in this case, the switch was an improvement. And I know a lot of people would agree with me. I imagine a few people would not agree with you. <laughs> so, well, I said, let's not make his head swell too much now, Pat. <laughs> because that was by no means... You know, your only claim to fame. I was very surprised to learn that you were at one time a, a boxer. Oh, yeah. A heavyweight. Yeah. I was a heavyweight boxer at the wrong time of the year because Muhammad Ali was lurking the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Take out that Joe guy. Take him out so I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw you were you were a sparring partner with Frazier. Correct. Yeah. Man, how long did that last? <laughs> well, it didn't last very long. He he came, uh, this is before he was a champion. He had about 15 pro fights after the, I think it was, was it the 1964 Olympics. I think it was, he won the, he won the gold medal. Right. And he came up, uh, he was just getting his pro career on track. And uh, he was fighting out and in the LA named Eddie Machen. And I was fighting out of LA when they asked me to be a sparring partner for the last couple of days as training. Excited actually about sparring with him because I knew he was he was an up and comer. And when we sparred, I my opinion of him uh, skyrocketed because he was up and coming even more than I expected him to be. <laughs> He's a pretty rough guy. And the sparring partners, there aren't they're really um, they're not just. Human punching mags, they, they have to punch back too. So we had some pretty good uh, sessions. Yeah. Yeah, we did some pretty good sessions. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can imagine. The up and comer with the uppercut from hell. Yeah. I was just toward the end of my career by then. And he was just coming up. So I think he was still about a couple of years away from being the champion. Hmm. Well, so now how long were you, so you were considered a professional fighter, correct? Correct, yeah. How many years was that chapter in your life? It was about four and a half years. I had uh, 26 professional fights, and some of them I won, some of them I lost, but uh, I, it, it was an unspectacular career. The only good thing about it, I guess, is that I inadvertently ended up in a movie TV business. Primarily because I, I got people of interest, been interested in my, in, in my boxing career. So when that, when they approached me and gave me another avenue, I was ready for this. I was ready for the change. Oh, I'll bet. Now think of it, though. Isn't that uh, just the most ironic, <laughs> unorthodox way to get into acting and and film? <laughs> yeah, literally fucked my way into. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and it's true. I mean, let's face it; it's the perfect. Uh, it's is exactly what people do, you know. It's yeah. 
brawl your way to the top. <laughs> yeah, uh, I learned, of course, uh, as I went along, that the, the film business is a whole lot less tough than the boxing game in a different kind of way, but it's rough. It's tough. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it goes without saying, two extremely brutal businesses, but, you know, as long as you're not doing all your own stunts, one could leave you with a little less a little less bodily injury and far less concussions. <laughs> true, true. I know that uh, with Bostwick, that was part of his complaint, you know, that he'd hurt himself doing these, you know, Captain Marvel stunts. Yeah. And again, I, I don't necessarily go into the tabloid stories of what's happened on these shows because I like to keep it up on the positive. Um, so we won't go there, but I do have to ask you now, was that the same scenario when when you replaced him as Captain Marvel? Was it partially because you had that physical agility that you had already proven and they thought, hey, this guy could take a punch? <laughs> And even throw one, I'll bet. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if that was part of the uh, plan that got me out there or not. Uh, I was spending the day with my uh, eight-year-old son when the phone rang, and it was my agent, and he said, "Get out to to Pike Canyon, and they want you for the TV show." Uh, she goes, "I am." Well, I, I had no idea. I, I I'd been a Captain Marvel fan, you know, with, with, with the, the comic books. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was not aware that there was a TV show about yeah, the Marvel. And uh, so, so I was kind of shocked and, and also a little bit hesitant to take it. And anyway, he said, Daddy, get your butt out there. <laughs> get out there. They're waiting for you. And that was all it was. It wasn't an audition or anything. They were... They were, they were um, Specific. Yeah. And, and when, I, when I got there, I... Parked my car and I start, walked over to the set and this big Cadillac pulled up right next to me and uh, the window rolled down and it was a Leach or, or a Norm Prescott. I can't remember which one, both of them actually. Hmm. And they looked at me and they said, Okay, go change into your costume. <laughs> and uh, they rolled the window back up and drove off and. and <laughs> Within 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 about fifteen minutes, I was dressed and hop, and I jumped off a ladder, and uh, broke your collarbone. No, <laughs> supposedly landing from a flight I had been on, and uh, went from there. Well, that is, I'm, uh, I mean, that I think is the most unique uh, audition I'd ever heard of. <laughs> I'd like to tell you, my my son, who was, he was completely agog at the whole thing, and uh, he he actually is the one that kind of pushed me over the the line to to do the show because I was so confused and and uh, indecisive about what I wanted to do. And when I conferred with him and asked him if he if he do the show coach to Grammy, he said, "Yeah, yeah." I said, well, "They want me to play Captain Marvel." Oh my! Oh, I mean, he just about came unglued. Oh wow! We drove out there, and then and he said that the rest of the day was the uh, out there shooting the first show I was in. And uh, when he got back to our apartment, he asked me to call one of his friends. I said sure. So he called his friend. <laughs> Guess what? 
My dad's Captain Marvel. The real Captain Marvel got fired. <laughs> the real. <laughs> the real Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a little, uh, what's exactly a board of confidence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least that the real one got fired. Yeah, the real Captain Marvel got fired, so now it's my dad. <laughs> they had to use my dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is something. Yeah. Uh, you know, what a dream, though, for a kid. What does your dad do for a living, son? Uh, oh, he's just a superhero, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's, there's a few of them out there. He's my dad. I took him out once. Uh, uh, we went to a park. Uh, a few other kids out there about his age. And, and I said, now, Tom, don't tell the other kids about who I am because I don't want to get... Uh, yeah. Although I won't, I promise I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't say a word. You know. So we're, I'm, I'm kind of reading, watching the kids play and reading the paper or something. And uh, but keep an eye on him to see if he's saying anything. And sure enough, within about five minutes, he looked back at me and kind of whispered to some of the kids. And I, I knew what had happened because all four little heads spun around and looked, came right at me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So uh, that was my first couple of days of stardom. Working out just there, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm going to have to take on these little hoodlums first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't come and say, could you fly around the park once for us, please? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'll have to talk to the elders about that. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> my contract stipulates that Les Tremaine has to be uh, within the 10-yard proximity of me to fly. Um, you know, again, I I just think about the talent that was on that show and, and the lifelong... Oh, f- man, yeah. Incredible. The lifelong friendships, the guest stars. Um, yeah. But, of course, you know, Michael always gushes over Les Tremaine for obvious, obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. How was your experience with Les? Was he... Was he supportive? Was he? Oh, he, 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 was, he was extremely supportive, yeah. I mean, that, that first day, I, uh, I'll i refer back to my arrival on the set, and I thought, what the heck now? <laughs> and uh, and Les Tremaine came out, and, and Michael, and they both welcomed me to the set, and, and within a few minutes, I was kind of calmed down, and, and we were like, old pals already. Isn't that great? That's all that was. And, of course, you know, Mike, Mike's the same way. Very, very warm, sincere people. Isn't that great? I mean, you, you, unfortunately, the way society is tuned these days, we want the drama. We want the controversy. We want the negative. And, quite frankly, with most of these interviews I've done, everybody has just been so warm, so down to earth. You know, the nice guy finishes first. I think so, though, I? I mean, otherwise, I, I, quite frankly, I don't know how they make it. <laughs> if you treat other people like lesser thans or, you know, you're a yeah. pom- pompous jerk, you know, just because you got talent. Um, yeah. I just... And less could have been that. I mean, holy smokes, the credits that man had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just amazing. And it's just, again, 
when you guys are a part of a collective experience, you know, I was <laughs> being on a hit TV show, that's going to build a friendship. But then I don't know the, how, how rare it is that these friendships last a lifetime. But when you do have a mutual experience like that, I don't see how that can't happen. And it seems like it really did with, with you and Michael. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. He's just been so supportive of what I do. And I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> Michael, I was going to ask John, but I, I don't know. I just, I got too bashful. I don't know what it was. Um, or maybe we were just more into talking about cats. <laughs> <laughs> And John and I, John and I and, and his wife and my wife all have that in common. We are big kitty cat lovers. How many cats do you have, John? We have four feral cats. We live out in the country, and, uh, and the cats just show up. We brought two cats about 32 years ago when we moved up here. Two cats and one dog, uh, and they, of course, passed on to the grave beyond, but there, but there were plenty of other feral cats that had nowhere to go, and all you, all you got to do is put a bowl out there, and you've got about five cats <laughs> of your best friends. Now, you got to excuse me, my, my ignorance here, and people are going to be like, you call yourself a cat lover, Pat? What is a feral cat? Well, a feral cat is just a cat that's... Uh, then it's not domesticated, really. I mean, uh, in a country, they're, they're just uh, pretty common because they just overbreed. Mm. And uh, they are called them survival cats. <laughs> right. But, but that, that's, my, uh, that's my definition of feral. I'm not too sure how you even got it. Maybe I should change my name to Feral Pat. Because I, I tend to overbreed, <clears throat> but not anymore. <clears throat> Can't be doing that. <laughs> how many kids? How many kids do you have? I have two, two oh. adult kids that, of course, being in California, still live at home because <laughs> you're not going to be able to afford anywhere else. My love. Well, uh, tell me about it. Wow. But no, we were blessed, though, because they're just wonderful. Never get, never caused a problem. Now, my cats, on the other hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's just it. But we know we have friends that are dog people, and I got family visiting dogs. And Look, I love dogs. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. But by comparison to cats... And please, no hate mail on this, folks. They are a burden. Yeah, they require a lot more attention than cats. Literally babysitters. Got to have them. Yeah. They yeah. are children. And I. And again, yeah. not like my children were a burden, but you know, with a dog, it's kind of like a choice. <laughs> Do I want a dog? And this is going to be a 10-year commitment, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas the cats, like most owners will say, you don't choose them. They choose you. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. Your cat, or cats. Pampered. Are not, are not, yeah, they're not feral cats. No. They're, I don't think they would stand a chance in that feral environment. Nah, probably not. But 
They do clean themselves, which is one of the other pluses I add to cats. That's true. <laughs> That's true. They do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't have to give anything a bath today. I like that. Instead, gives me a bath, but... Uh, no, that's that's fantastic. Um, that common that common bond, you know. I I was talking with Tina Cole. Are you familiar with that name, Tina Cole? Tina Cole. I, um... She was on My Three Sons for many years. She played Katie Douglas, the wife of the elder uh, of Robbie, the son. Um, she's a daughter of the King sisters, but a prominent prominent career. And she had a pet lion. <laughs> Whoa, whoa. <laughs> now, I've, taken, I've taken the cat, uh, Betty's too far. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, don't even get me started on Tippy Hedren, but I'll tell you. Um, oh, I've heard about her, yeah. <laughs> some incredible stories there. But now, now, Tina didn't own the cat at home. This, this cat actually belonged to a nightclub of some sort that she would go to. But the cat was, a, you know, was still a baby. And they just bonded all the way up until he was a full-maned adult <laughs> lion, at which point they, they found him a nice home and put him out to pasture. But, uh, again, that's, the, that's that feline thing that, uh, that draws us all together. Um, yeah. Now, Shazam, was that the beginning of your trek into acting? Shazam? Yeah. No, I had been kicking around the uh, business for a while. So, John, in the last couple years, there's been this uh, big screen feature film that's come out with two versions of this uh, movie called, what's it called? Oh, yeah, Shazam. Oh, yeah. Now, I have a couple of questions. Uh, my first would be just the basic. Uh, have you seen them both? And w did you like them? I have seen them both, and I, I enjoyed both of them, yeah. Well, that's good. You know, I would think if I were you, I would be sitting in that theater going, hmm, I could have done that better. <laughs> well, I might have had a few mo moments like that, but overall it was uh, both movies were enjoyable. Uh, the second one especially because my old buddy Michael Gray with Billy Batson, he called Captain Marvel by his proper name, and I like that. True, but I think he made a false statement. Um, you're the best, Captain Marvel. Well, I don't. I don't really know about that. I think. <laughs> yeah, I should have thought about that more. <laughs> well, it's you know we we joke about it because I'll call him. You're the best, Billy Batson. I mean, no, you're the best, Billy Batson. <laughs> it's all how you phrase it, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, it was so great seeing him um, making that cameo. Much deserved. Do you agree, of course? Oh, of course. I, <laughs> I love that. You know, I love that they pay homage to the original. So, as far as Zachary Levi, who, you know, is now playing Captain Marvel, what do you think? I mean, his performance. Oh, uh, I like his performance. Uh, the second movie, especially to me, it was just too much going on at one time right not, not his fault he, he he was fine but i i just thought there was too much violence and monsters and i mean it, just, it was it was just it was hard to uh, digest all at once but yeah but they, they were making that movie for the big screen not for a saturday morning so. it's true it's true and, yeah. and of course the the more modern movie going audience is used to just overblown 
busyness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so, yeah. But I was, you know, thinking of the star quality that was in that film, you know, with Helen Mirren and uh, just, again, with with the way uh, Levi did his performance, I, I enjoyed the comedic element. I did, too. It was a breakaway from the TV show, obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your Captain Marvel was much more serious. Right. Whereas Levi was more, um, he was still a big yangly kid. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an interesting take on the whole uh, franchise. I had not read the comics. Now, you you had mentioned earlier that you did read the comics, the originals. Yeah. A few of them, yeah. They weren't my favorite comics, quite frankly. Uh, I was more into, like, Tales from My Crypt and all. Stuff like that, yeah. Ah. Kind of a dark, dark young lad. You and I speak the same language. You, me, and my daughter, and my son, who are just horror fanatics. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I just love that stuff. Like I was saying, the comedic element, now that was never part of the comic series. No, no. So that's new. And I'm wondering, if they'd have had that in the TV show, what, what would you have done with that? I mean, would that have been something you would have been, oh, Good. I get to I get to be funny in this, or or would that be something that would you would you would have went? No, no, no. This is a serious character. I don't know. I got I don't know how I would have uh, approached that. I, I guess if I uh, showed up on the set and put on my my suit uh, in such a short about a time, I imagine I would I would have played it however they wanted me to. But now, Marvel's just turned the character into a woman. So what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, that, that was a mistake, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the now gang is going to be screaming at me, but I just didn't think that Captain Marvel should have been feminized. <laughs> Let's not get me in any more trouble here, John. <laughs> we'll move on to the next subject. <laughs> I'll have to say something more offensive let you off the hook. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> I see, I see a lot of credits here now, I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, Perry Mason, that would have been before. Before, yeah. Whereas the Rockford Files would have been after. After, yeah. All right. <laughs> Some expert, Pat. <laughs> yeah. What is your fondest memory of working on those shows? Oh, gosh. Uh... It's okay. We got two hours, John. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and put it in one sentence, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, that should be a problem. There. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I should pick a show. I mean, we'll say Perry Mason. What's yeah. one, one great memory from that? Oh, gosh. I, it was, that, that was such a long time ago. And uh, I just had a small part. And I most, most of my... Most of my... Uh, Career is just kind of supporting roles, I call them. Mm -hmm. And very and, uh, amazing. I, I, I don't really have any real memory of it at all. I mean, just, I, I was very on. I did it. But. Good. That counts. <laughs> yeah, it counts, yeah. <laughs> I would tend to think Rockford's probably a little more memorable, I would think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that had some really, uh, really good memories. It's really, some really funny incidents too oh my gosh well let's go there oh <laughs> i have to give i have to give you one of them sure please well it was about my third rockford file and we were shooting on location 
down in Huntington uh, Beach or well, one of the beach cities, and uh, I drove from my home to the set, and I uh, got myself a cup of coffee and a donut, like everybody does, when they show up for a hurry shoot. And uh, I spotted Denny Miller, who was a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was talking to myself, uh, Gabe Carter. And they were chatting away, and so I took my coffee and let Delta wandered over to them. Said, hey, how you got your I'm going oh, all right, John, all right. And then they went back to talking themselves, and... And then I heard De- uh, Denny say, uh, okay, then I'll I'll pick up the airplane and uh, I'll fly. And I interrupted him. I said, Denny, I didn't know you had an airplane. He said, I don't. We're rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, oh no. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they all had a good laugh, but it was it was really it was really embarrassing to realize I was thinking I was having a conversation, and they were being polite, and then finally they had to clue me in that they were rehearsing. <laughs> well, I'm sure it looked just like a normal conversation, like there were cameras. Oh, yeah. Cameras were set up. We're rolling. Lights. No, <laughs> yeah. well, I I I kind of worked my way out of it by saying, "Well, you're both such incredible actors. I had no idea you were just acting. I thought you're." Perfect. That kind of got me off the hook there. Perfect save, John. And it probably got me another couple of Rockford files to work on. There you go. <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess now I hear nothing but great things about Garner. Uh, would you concur? Oh, absolutely. Mm. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. But see, that's what we like to hear. Now, I don't know if you would have the same thing to say about uh, Buddy Ebsen. Then again, you hear both kind of concepts from him. He's yeah. a really good guy, but don't talk politics. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't get to check the building real well, but but I uh, my brief uh, relationship with him was fine. You know, not just nothing that's unusual. There's two guys working on a same show, but I, I didn't. He was a real uh, open, friendly like Garner was, but he may have been to other people. You know, it, it depends on what you're doing when you're with the beat these people. Yeah. And what they're what they're doing, where they're at. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's <laughs> that that life can be full of turmoil, or it can be just absolute bliss, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, some ways, <laughs> some people could be more thankful that they didn't go all the way to the top because you know that's a long way to fall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And it happens over and over again. Yeah. I was. Uh, pleasantly surprised and this i didn't know that you had done i don't know how many episodes of max hedrum and i loved max hedrum yeah there's a, that's another one that i that i uh i was just kind of there i just kind of you know like uh policeman number three or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was number two i'm not sure <laughs> well i like i i, I love the show but i but i uh, i didn't really have that big of uh, participation in it. Well, very unique. I mean, people are talking about this uh, artificial intelligence phenomenon going on. It's like... Oh, God, that's scary. It is. And yet, there's Max Hedrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Matt Frewer. I mean, I just love his acting. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I love the show. Was he a nice guy, Matt Frewer? Seemed to be. I, I never had any personal... Uh, just kind of digitized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, again, timeless shows. And how great is it 
You know, you can say, oh, somebody brings up Barnaby Jones or the Rockford Files, and you say, oh, yeah, I was on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Not bad for a superhero. Uh, yeah. But I'm guessing that those were not um, big Cadillac driving up next to you auditions. I mean, you probably literally had to go read for these, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't they all be that easy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's almost that easy. I mean, uh, I don't think I auditioned for more than one Rockford file. So I, I think once I got on and then they needed somebody like me that they thought a casting director knew she could count on me. Right. It's like you get your foot in the door. You do a good job. Yeah. It's likely you're going to get the call back. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it didn't hurt that you were a good-looking guy, too, John. I don't know. Uh, I suppose that <laughs> all that sparring must have just done wonders. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reshaped my head a little bit with that. <laughs> so, fixed a few things. <laughs> Broke a few things, fixed a few things. <laughs> oh, man. I have to tell you another uh, story. Please. If, if we should, if you have time. Of course. Uh, there was a good friend of mine, and uh, I can't remember his name now. That's a good friend he was. <laughs> but anyway, she was an actor. We were both about the same grade, kind of looked for like, and, and we're the same type. And uh, I got a call from my agent to, that I was going to be working on a Magnum P.I. Mm. and be going to Hawaii. I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> Fantastic. I, and I, I said, no, no, I did something. I watched it a couple of days, you know, and then about, uh, I mean, I, my feet were floating on air for a few hours. And my, the next day, my agent called me again and said, John, I hate to tell you this, but uh, they've recast that part that uh, they had for you. And, and uh, I'm sorry, but you won't be going. I said, okay, well, what the hell? And uh, about two months later, I'm... Now, one of the studios, I forget which one it was, but when I see this friend of mine, whose who's name I can't remember, this dear friend, and, uh, you know, when you run into each other, you, you ask, well, what you been doing lately? How, how are you doing? You know, and what's your career going like now? Or have you done anything interesting? And so he asked me that. I said, no, no, I, nothing going on right now. And I noticed she was awfully tan. Oh, <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, you know where it's going. Mm -hmm. I said, so what have you been doing? He said, well, I just got through doing a, a Magnum P.I. I said, you son of a... <laughs> so we figured out there was, it was exactly the same parts that I was going to get, of course. Wow. Somehow, things got changed around. That's just the best, that's, that's the business, so... Well, no wonder you don't remember his name. What a jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I put, him, I put him completely out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've only purposely forgotten about you ever since you made me. <laughs> and how many other gigs of mine have you stolen, by the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's such a competitive business. I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer statement. Um, I'm sure he didn't realize he was replacing you. Maybe he did, um, but it's not like they... Yeah, I doubt if he did. And if he did, he, I would have replaced him. I mean, I mean uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah, you know. Well, it's not It's not in your hands. I mean, yeah, let's uh, face it. Yeah. Maybe. So, um, can't hold that against him. No. Uh, we'll find something else, though. 
just yeah. to make it yeah. make a good reason for forgetting his name. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's right. What? His name's Tom Selleck? No. He replaced you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that so you never did get on Magnum PI is what the, the moral of this story is. Never did. Never did. In fact, my wife came closer to being on that show than I did because one of her uh, my wife's a uh, former plant attendant for TWA, and she had a, a real good friend that didn't see did Tom Selleck. Yeah, she had a friend that dated Tom Selleck. Hmm. And uh, so we we went to this party, and there's her friend that, that she hadn't talked to her since she dated Tom Selleck. But at the party, uh, the friend came over to Linda and said, "Oh, hi, Linda. How are you doing?" I really said, "Cut the crap. I want to hear about Tom Selleck." <laughs> Get to the point. Yeah. But, okay, she didn't say crap. She said oh. something else. <laughs> oh. What did you say? <laughs> Some other four-letter expletive word, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that, that's as close as I got to Tom the Selector. Well, now, now Linda, I don't know if she can hear me. Did, did Linda do acting as well? I mean, you said she was a flight attendant, which meant free flights for you, John, which I... You know, Captain Marvel, like he needs that, but um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I only took one free flight all the time I knew her. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh well. Kind of kicking myself now. Guess you better better have just married her. Uh, yeah. And folks, I got to tell you, I met these folks together, and Linda is astonishingly beautiful. So it's no surprise. Oh wow! Oh, I'm, can I can I put you on speakerphone? <laughs> <laughs> But of course, no, I mean, inside, and I'm like, okay, well, here's a really sweet lady. And then as I, you know, I was talking to her, I'm like, oh my God, she's beautiful. <laughs> and uh, no surprise, some kind of, some kind of big hunk of a superhero as a husband. It's pretty fitting, actually. I was thinking, so, so Captain Marvel actually did marry Isis? That's incredible. <laughs> she said you're too nice. Oh, well, I call them like I see them, Linda. It's uh, me speaking truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm mutually blessed, too. I, I have just the most gorgeous wife. She gives me butterflies whenever she walks into the room. We've been together for almost 30 years, so. Wow. That's always about my family we are. Isn't that great? You know you've made it if you get that far. <laughs> You know, okay, it's been this, I mean, you hear about people getting divorced after 60 years. It's like, how do you do that? I mean, that's just, that's crazy. It is. But I could tell you guys were a match made in heaven, so uh, couldn't be happier for you, or your, or your feral cats, for that matter. But, um, well, gosh, you know, John, this has just been an incredible interview. I want to thank you. Um, your life story is is amazing. I mean, when does the book come out? Is the question the sparring oh. the sparring manual? <laughs> but uh, I I thought you would not. I've written a novel. There you go. Yeah, and it is called. It is called a Brotherhood of Broken Noses. That's the name of this novel. I love it. So you you might guess that it has a kind of a boxing background to it. Wow. Now, I said a sparring manual, and that was just off the cuff, but how how ironic is that? <laughs> yeah, I thought, how am I going to get my book in this, in this conversation? <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
Now, now, when does that come out, or has it come out? Well, it hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm self-publishing it. Sure. Nobody, nobody's got to take a guy my age and, and uh, publish a novel for them, because they, they don't know if it might keel over. But, but uh, you know, I, I mean, doing with no uh, launch or be any big deal about I'm just doing it on, like, through Amazon Kindle. Right. And a friend of mine has done, like, 20 books that way about three months ago we we started to live in that direction on Amazon Kindle mm-hmm. and uh he had a horrible uh diabetes and and he and he was all that so he was laid up in my hospital for three months. Oh. I I am technologically challenged. Welcome to the club, buddy. Welcome to the club. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I it's terrible to be uh Computer challenge to anyway. I, he's coming around now where he, he's ready to uh, pick up where we left off three months ago. So hopefully it'll be on the you know, short time. I guess you know, a weeks or months. I'm not sure, but well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, be sure to to let me know um, when you have a, sl- a solid date for it, and I'll put together a little promo. Uh, well, that'd be it, great. I'll put it out on my channel, something that maybe you can use to uh, let as many people know about it as possible. Sell 10 million copies and um, oh. <laughs> we'll both fly on TWA to Hawaii and make our own version of Magnum P.I. There you go. <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll, I'll send you a copy, right? Oh, I would love that. Absolutely would love that. Well, you're a class act. Mr. Davey, a class act. Well, so are you, Mr. McCormick. Thank you, sir. I have to tell you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Well, and that Ma- Michael Gray guy, he ain't so bad either. And <laughs> thank you, Michael, for helping this helping this hook up to have. And it was, of course, instrumental in getting us uh, to know each other and setting up this interview. And so thank you, TV's Michael Gray. You're the best, Billy Batson. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> All right, John, if you'll stay on with me just a minute after we say goodbye and we can share a couple of personal information notes. And uh, again, thanks for being on the podcast, my friend. You bet. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. There you have it. Another retro TV radio episode in the books. I'd like to thank TV's Michael Gray, a.k.a. the original Billy Batson, and my retro palooza partner in crime, the talented Barry King from BK on the Air. By the way, if you enjoy really fun talk radio shows and podcasts, search your TuneIn app for WBHF or listen to the live stream at WBHFradio.org every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 Eastern. You may even hear me lurking around that show. You can follow me on social media on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Golden Rage of TV, and on Twitter, now X, at Golden Rage of TV One. This is your host, Pat McCormack, and thanks for listening to Retro TV Radio.